There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. A huge welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. It's great to be back with you again for another week. And today we're going to talk about becoming a great independent director. So we're going to explore this world, uh, what it means, how to become it. And also, of course, overlaid with the fact that the world's in some turmoil at the moment. So we'll have that as our kind of backdrop for the conversation. But before I introduce you to my guest today, I want to say a, a big, big thank you to my guest last week. I had Michael Rommeling. Uh, uh, Michael is a fascinating guy. He's a behavioral strategist. He's uh, taught people to shift behavior and get out of the way of themselves literally all over the globe. And uh, we talked uh, a lot about, uh, about uh, getting your conscious mind out of the way. Uh, we, he talks about 33-1, so do check it out. Find out what a 33-1 is um, and uh, how he became the top salesperson within his organization before then um, taking on a career where today he doesn't talk about it, but he owns helicopters and beautiful land up in, in Scotland and uh, has an amazing lifestyle uh, that he's created in a beautiful part of the world, all from um, a diff getting out of his own way and working out how to get out of the way of his conscious mind and all of its limitations. So do check that one out. Uh, something a little bit new. Uh, what I've decided to do with the current challenges in the world right now to, to help us is some of, the in, some of these interviews have got some amazing content in them. So we're going to start to release some full transcriptions of shows. And it's slightly tweaked so they make, make sense because our language often doesn't when it goes into the written form. Um, but the first one that I've done is an interview from two or three weeks ago with Mark Given, who's a trust expert. And Mark talks about a trust-based philosophy and four kind of levels of it. And it was really helpful. And so we've, we've transcribed that um, in full. If you go to chriscooper.co.uk, you click on news, and then you can read that uh, rather than, which would be faster, of course, than, than going through and listening to an audio. But there's also the links for the audio there as well. So, uh, yeah, do let us know what you think, uh, chris at chriscooper.co.uk. But I hope you get lots of ideas to help your organization <laughs> um, build more trust and also with the people around you. So to today's show. Becoming a great independent director. Now in Europe, this is often referred to as being a non-executive director. And it's often deemed to be a highly aspirational role for many senior executives who are planning their retirement. They may think that it's less stress than a full-time corporate role. And, and also it can provide a valuable extra source of income if you've got lots of experience to to, for, in helping companies, and so you can still feel like you're really utilizing your skills or your experience. And the one thing that comes to us, I think, as we get older, if we've been, uh, we've been elevating ourselves and developing ourselves is wisdom. But what are the keys to finding work as an independent director and excelling in it? And how do we do this and perform really well when many aspects of the world and business today are in crisis? Now, my guest today is Frank Lewis. He's a serial independent executive director and chairman who has a diverse portfolio of independent non-executive directorships in the UK and internationally. He's literally chaired and run companies all over the globe. And we also have John Jennings, who's currently an adjunct senior professor in directorship in the UK on various MBA programs. And he's also an associate director of my business. And John really kind of spearheads our work in education and uh, does some amazing work and gets amazing feedback uh, working with clients uh, in this area of um, an MBA student, understanding business and understanding directorship. And um, therefore, this, is, this role um, or set of roles which can raise, range from being a chairman to being a, a, an independent non-executive director on a board, they bring lots and lots of values, and we're going to find out a lot more about that. So I'd like to say a big welcome to Frank Lewis and also to John Jennings. 
Hi guys, are you both there? Thank you, Chris. Uh, thank you, thank you, Chris. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. It's a real pleasure. Now, and now, Frank, one or two people might have noticed in listening to you that you're from South Africa by your, <laughs> by your accent. So tell us a little bit about what life was like growing okay. up. Where you're from, Cape Town. Um, I'm from the, yes, I'm from South Africa, born there, born in Cape Town, the most beautiful city in the world. That's gorgeous, isn't uh, it? And uh, I used to live in the, amongst the vineyards, had a home amongst the vineyards. And uh, we spent our youth uh, basically uh, um, going to the beach, having barbecues, and just playing a lot of sport. Um, I was a, in my youth, I was a very good, or up to the days I uh, went to university as well, I was a very good sportsman. I was a very good rugby player. And I believe it or not, I was an amateur wrestling champion. Yeah. and uh, spent my days keeping fit. And uh, I went to the army. I had to do that conscription in those days. And then uh, when it's finished, I spent my life playing rugby and wrestling for the army, so it was good, useful for me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I then, uh, uh, after that, went to university and qualified as an accountant. And uh, after qualifying, I left. I never practiced. I ran business. I was involved in several businesses there, first as a finance director, and then I went on my own, and I was lucky enough to meet up with certain people, and we built up, amongst other things, and co-founded the largest retail computer chain in Africa, which we did in two to three years, and this is on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange, and I also had interest in a jewelry group, a light, domestic lighting factory, and a ladies' high fashion business, and when we sold the computer business uh, to uh, somebody else, another bigger group wanted to buy it and then I decided to bring my family over to the UK uh, where we've resided for over the last 25 years. Excellent and why, why the UK? Uh, just uh, I had connections here from my other businesses and I felt it might be good beneficial uh, from a business point of view. Mm. So I bet, I bet your kids uh, find it quite hard play wrestling with you then? Oh uh, yes. <laughs> no, my daughter wouldn't wrestle. I wouldn't wrestle my daughter, uh, and uh, my son. He was also a good sportsman in his day, and uh, uh, they're all happy here. Excellent. Well, good. To, good to have you on the show. And, Thank and you. John, you you've had many senior corporate roles as well. And I, I know we we talked about you working out in California as well, and being a director on on boards and. You know, today you're helping lots of business boards as well as academic institutions. And I wonder, you know, what's what led you to wanting to, you know, be involved with boards? And of course, today, you know, you're sort of leading our work, teaching MBA students um, about how to become great directors and how to how to become great business people. So, what's your what's your background? Well, yeah, very interesting listening to, uh, to what Frank was saying, Chris. Um, I've had the, the great good fortune to visit uh, Cape Town um, and also visit some of the vineyards that Frank was uh, mentioning while I was there. And as you know, I'm from uh, Liverpool in the UK, which is probably about as far from Cape Town as you can imagine, other than it's also a great port um, and a great diverse mix of people, which I certainly found to be the case in Cape Town. And I think your question about why I get involved in, uh, in trying to help businesses as well as academic institutions uh, around the, some of the subjects that we're going to talk about, around being an independent director, about governance, is it's just so diverse and so absolutely fascinating. I've had the, as you mentioned, the great good fortune to work on a, a number of boards uh, in, in various jurisdictions. And I've also learned a lot from working with dysfunctional boards. Sometimes you learn uh, as much, if not more, when you work with a board where things aren't working and where things don't go so well as you do when you are actually part of a successful team. So I think it's that diversity and the fact that, um, that there's so much to the subject, there's so many different aspects and angles that you never stop learning when you are uh, e either a practitioner or when you are teaching other people about uh, what it takes to be an independent director. Yeah, I'd completely agree. And you know, both, both of us, we work with, with boards and have been on boards and uh, have got bring lots of experience and, and often... You know, even on even on the best board, sometimes there's a bit of dysfunction. There's always things to work through, isn't there? When you've got people people together, um, always, always, there's always um, 
things that, that need to be talked about, about around the boardroom and sometimes outside of the boardroom. And the best boards I've certainly worked with are the ones where uh, they were not afraid to have healthy debates and there was, uh, there was no, no subject that wasn't up for, for discussion. So it's, it's a really interesting from, topic. Excellent. Coming from Liverpool, you must be pleased that uh, Liverpool became Premier League champions this week. Oh, sorry, Chris, you're breaking up on me. I'm, I, I couldn't. <laughs> as, as you well know, I support the blue side of Merseyside, so I am currently dressed in black. <laughs> yeah, I'm also um, thinking, um, uh, Frank. I, I took, I've been to Cape Town and to Stellenbosch and lovely area. I'll never forget taking my wife on the cable car to, up to the top of uh, Table Mountain. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. But it kind of stops and it rocks backwards and forwards, and she doesn't like heights. I mean, I, I've oh. seen. She was a face. She, she insisted we had to walk down when we got up there. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're lucky you didn't uh, go up when they had what is called the famous tablecloth. That's when the wind comes up. It's called oh. the southeaster and builds like a white tablecloth. That's what's called Table Mountain across the top of the mountain. And then you, nobody goes on that mountain. <laughs> and even because you'll be rocking and rolling even worse, 90 <laughs> degrees. So, uh, and uh, that called the southeaster is the wind that comes up in summer. And after the wind could blow for three, four days, and afterwards the temperature goes up like crazy into the 30 degrees. Um, in winter, um, you get what is called the north, the, the northwester, which brings the wind in from the sea and builds up the, the sea. And that's why over the years, many years, you always used to have some famous ships and all that work had accidents and sunk there because of the that's what's called the cape uh, cape you know the, the, around the cape of good hope Lovely, that's amazing amazing area so let's let's move on to independent directorship is it is it a part-time role frank that you do in retirement or is it something much more significant and i'm also wondering you know is it something that's very significant right now with all the change that's going on you know, the day, those days are over when this is a part-time uh, role. It's changed dramatically over the last couple of years for several reasons. Amongst them, uh, that and now directors have done, independent directors are, are, have to work much harder because of the introduction of the corporate governance codes uh, for companies and uh, the wishes of uh, shareholders uh, in terms of ensuring this proper control and compliance. And uh, and it's, it's actually just made the, the role more onerous. And at the same time, uh, the vital role needs play in being able to challenge executive uh, leadership teams, make them fundamental to effective corporate governance. Further, with the with the, the rise of the activist shareholder in most countries and everywhere, uh, the um, uh, also, uh, it also impacts on the non-executive director because in terms of the rules here, in terms of the Companies Act, uh, the non-exec director has the same obligations as an executive director or and or a dependent director has, it's the same word as a non-exec, and uh, they have a fundamental a rule, a role of uh, and looking after the interests of all stakeholders have a fiduciary duty to do so, look after it as all stakeholders as if it were they were executive directors. So, and as shareholders' expectations uh, and the increasing rigorous expectations of, you know, of the Corporate Governance Act means that NEDS can, uh, that the idea that NEDS can simply uh, turn up uh, for board meetings is long gone. Independent board members now face a significant commitment in terms of both time and dedication when accepting a, a role and the requirement should be a key factor when appointing a uh, NED, both for the individual and the company that they're potentially joining. And um, further, uh, in terms of you talk about retirement, uh, today a lot of direct non-executive directors, including myself, are called serial non-exec directors because if you want to make a career out of it, you've got to have at least two or three roles to give you a commercial viability in terms of going forward personally. And you should need to understand that you need to have the time and the commitment to be able to deal with it uh, in a correct and uh, proper way. Otherwise, you shouldn't be doing this job uh, on, on a serial basis. Uh, that's really, really helpful. We've only got a minute to commercial break now, so I'm going to come back to you, John, after the break. And 
find out a little bit about um, how you, you know, how you see independent directors being a value to would you, would you explain it to corporate uh, MBA students? Okay. Uh, but what I'm what I'm taking from this, Frank, is that a serious role, and uh, it's not just a uh, it's not just a role where you turn up for a board meeting and have a nice drink and a, and a chat. You actually yeah legally. That- uh, bound such that you could go to jail if things go wrong. Is that absolutely? Yeah. You've got a fiduciary duty in terms of the company's act to act uh, in good faith, and uh, it can be liable for the same jointly and severally with the other directors if there's uh, any issues, fraudulent issues, or other issues. And fundamentally, the role is to look after the interests of all stakeholders. I mean, uh, there's a standard joke going around. And, uh, do you, have you heard of Lord Grade once at one time? Yes, Lord Grade. Uh, was it BBC, was it? ITV. ITV, sorry, yeah, ITV. Many years ago, just to show you how things have moved on, I hope I, t- I can say what I'm saying. <laughs> he said, non-exec directors are like B-days. They add a bit of class, but don't know how useful they are. Life has moved on dramatically from there. Uh, well, on that note, we're going to go to commercial break. Thank you. We'll be back again in just a couple of minutes. Do join us after the break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Frank Lewis and John Jennings, and we're talking about being a great independent director. And uh, I wonder, John, you know, how do you describe... Uh, being an independent director uh, to your corporate MBA students. Well, interesting question, Chris. The um, it, it, it's it's quite a diverse group of people that I often end up uh, talking with. And one of the the modules, if I can give you an example that we uh, we get great feedback on, is when you talk about what it takes, what sort of attributes and skills. And I know we're going to go on and talk about this. It takes to be an independent director, or as Frank has alluded to on a, on a few occasions, a non-executive director is the terminology in the UK. Um, and, and it's all around some, some, uh, some research that's gone into the subject about what makes a good independent director. What, why should businesses think about taking on an independent director? And this gets the, this gets the group thinking because a lot of them are, run their own businesses and, and they're kind of a director almost by default. Uh, because they are relatively small family businesses. Um, some are directors of slightly bigger businesses, and some are senior managers in big corporations. So they get a completely different perspective of, of what it takes to be a director and an independent director. And so we use a couple of models where we talk about skills, where we talk about knowledge, 
Uh, and importantly, uh, and a lot of the research uh, points to this, it's, it's often the mindset uh, of the director, the way that they will um, behave, the way that they will, uh, that their disposition, not just in board meetings, but how they approach the role outside of the board, uh, their behaviours, and how they seek to get the best out of the, the, uh, the, in particular the executive directors, but also the fellow independent directors, if, if that's the case, depending on the size of the organisation. So that's kind of the way that uh, we, we, we show the students that it, adds, it can add terrific value to their, uh, to, to their businesses. And, and, and the analogy I use with them is, is, is a very simple one. It, it, there's no, no great sports person uh, is without a coach. If you think about top sports people in any field, be it athletics, be it professional football, be it cricket, all of them are backed up by great coaching. And so what we explore with the students is that one of the, uh, if you like, one of the C's of being a, an independent director is, is coaching, counselling and, and, and being there to, to listen and to, uh, and, and to give advice where, where, it's, where it's required. So that, that really sells it well with the students and they, they particularly enjoy that aspect of it. Excellent. And, and Frank, uh, what's your perspective on, you know, why, you know, does that ring true for you and why a team of senior executives might want to also add in an independent director into the mix, you know, particularly as well, perhaps during a crisis? Well, there are two reasons why you need an independent director. It depends also if it's a private company or a public company. Uh, if I start with a private company, uh, uh, basically that a non-executive director can, can be a, depends on their skill and, and commercial, but it can assist a private company uh, in terms of growing, in terms of mentoring the board, in terms of taking them to the next level. And, uh, and, and, and adding value. And if it's a, a family business to help with succession planning, as was alluded to. However, more importantly, sometimes in a public company, uh, first of all, um, an independent director is required in terms of the corporate governance rules to, as, they, as they are needed to uh, chair uh, various committees, be it audit committee, remuneration committee, and uh, nomination, that type of thing. Uh, in order to, uh, and it's required in terms of the corporate governance code. So, and besides that, um, uh, sometimes, uh, obviously, uh, the, the non-exec director can add other value uh, and find, uh, to the board. And, and in essence, I always say that the, the non-executive director's role is to ensure the business is well run, but not to run the business. Mm. And that encompasses a lot of issues. And uh, so, uh, if that happens, um, from an, you know, he can. Uh, uh, he, that's where he adds value, and also um, with his uh, with his experience, uh, he can then also uh, add to the business going forward. But um, the the issues the the, the issues are that. Uh, he 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 needs to, um, and also there there are skills. Sometimes boards are, are and execs are brought in to these days with different skills to the regular skill of of the business that that is being that is going on the board of, because it's been shown that non-exec directors who have different skills. And, uh, and, uh, and, and work together with, with the other board members can add substantial value by, as Harvard Business Review once said, uh, or read, the directors who come from one industry to another sometimes do better than incumbents because they ask the so-called silly questions. And that means that the directors uh, who have known, who've seen, who've worked with, do, done things in a certain way by somebody else coming in from other industries and with other experiences and can ask questions another way, can open the discussions and bring further quality and maybe add other values to the business going forward, which I hadn't thought of. Yeah, great. When, when you <clears throat> use the word he quite a lot, is this a very male dominated? Sorry, he or she? No, no, no. Oh, uh, 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 what is happening further? In today's market, uh, there's been a major growth in gender and uh, uh, and other e areas, for, and uh, there's substantially more ladies being put on boards 
today. So I shouldn't use the word he. I apologize for that. Well, I was, I was playing um, devil's advocate. I know, I know you meant he or she. In the, yeah, yeah. In the I should say. But yeah. I think it's an important point to make, isn't it? That this is Absolutely. Not, you know, it, once upon a time, it might have been, but actually uh, that gender balance now is, is really, really important. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, John, um, you know, what are the key skills that you think are required to be a great independent director? Well, the um, again, interesting question, Chris, and there's no kind of one skill that you would say overrides any other, although I think Frank, with his experience, might well come in and say what he thinks is probably the key skill. But it's a range, and from having sat on uh, boards, an example is a pension company where I sat on uh, on the board and I learned a lot from the independent directors who, as Frank has just alluded to, were not from the pensions industry, but they brought a completely different perspective to it ask great questions and really got you thinking in a different sort of way. So I think strategic thinking uh, would certainly be high on the list for skill for an independent. Um, they need to be able to analyze and, and use information quickly and, and efficiently. Sometimes you, you don't receive the pack of board information to give you sufficient time to, to really analyze. And that's a, that, that will be a, a key area that a non-executive or an independent director would flag up to the uh, to, to the board chair or to the CEO to say we need information uh, earlier so that we can make uh, good decisions and, and analyze the information to help you. Uh, they need to be very clear in their decision-making process, how they come to, uh, to help the executive make decisions. As Frank said, it's not their business to run the business. And I think a key skill is, is for a independent director to understand where they, you know, not to step over into what is the executive director's territory. So that, that's uh, often something that, that they need to observe. Communication is absolutely a key one to be able to get the very best out of the people, the, the directors that they're there to help uh, and to be able to communicate very clearly back to them, to help them in, in terms of leadership. And also I think uh, influencing, to be able to, um, to, as Frank has said, ask the, ask the daft question, ask the awkward question, um, and, and challenge in a constructive way where they can they, they say, well, could, could I just find out why we're thinking of going in this direction? Have we got people who have knowledge of the, of the business area that may, we may need to move into if you're talking about like an acquisition? So I think it's a, a great mix of skills uh, and uh, along with the, uh, with the, with the, the mindset that I've mentioned uh, earlier that, that can go to make up what uh, a great independent director uh, displays. Uh, can I add a few things to that? Yeah, can I add a couple of things? Yeah, I don't want to spend too long now because I've got a couple more. Questions. I mean, there's, there's three fundamentals I look at amongst other things, and some of the things already John's mentioned. But um, a good, the major skill of a non executive he needs to have the intellect of an individual to contribute, but the mindset of a team player, number one. Number two, he needs to understand that he's there as a helper and not a meddler. And a lot of non-executive, a lot of executive directors who come on board as a non-executive sometimes have to forget or they have to learn that they shouldn't be interfering a lot and be helping as was just, we've been discussing other issues as opposed to trying to meddle in the running of the business. And thirdly, this all involves good interpersonal skills, which is fundamental, uh, sound judgment, and as already mentioned, clear communication. You also need integrity and to have good business acumen and be continue and be continue aware. And a very important issue is to be able to challenge in a constructive and positive way and say the things that have to be said uh, in, in the nicest possible way and to, uh, to add value. Otherwise, uh, you lose the respect of the people around the table. Yeah, that's very, very important. One of the reasons I wanted to talk about this subject on the show is because uh, this is real true business elevation. You need both talk there about kind of working on the business and helping the business run more effectively. But it's also about, it is about elevating the performance of the business and helping independently people to be able to, to do that. And, uh, and you write all those skills that you've identified are really, really important. I'm interested, Frank, if you're, if you want to do this, you know, what we've, what we've ascertained is that this is a very, it's a very skilled role. It requires experience and, and wisdom. Yeah. And, and if you want to, if you're going to join a company to do this, I imagine you've got to really check them out beforehand. Particularly if you could find yourself, you know, legally linked to that. If something went wrong, absolutely. So, 
Absolutely. What sort of checks do you need to do? And also, have you ever joined a board that you wish and wish you hadn't? Yes, I'll tell you about that. <laughs> uh, but fundamentally, before you join a board, I mean, all all uh, roles I've got ever has been from personal recommendation, be it from corporate people, bro brokers, accounting, lawyers, and that type of thing. But so that's the first thing. But you've got to do your own homework. And fundamentally, you've got to, first of all, uh, if it's a listed company, you'll be able to see the financials and see what it looks like. You need to uh, be able to uh, talk to, um, uh, look at the announcements that are made to the stock exchange. You need to um, ensure that, uh, uh, try and talk to some of the advisors on a one-to-one -one basis. And uh, what I like doing if I'm get, when I go into the business to do my own reviews, which a lot of people don't do, but I find it very, very useful, I make it my business to go be what I call into the stores or below the executives. And I try to, and I have discussions in a, in a nice as possible way with uh, employees who give me a, a, their own views sometimes on ideas of how they think the business is run. Because you get good ideas and they know what's going on to the degree. And then I go up to what I call the ivory tower and talk to the directors. And I get a very good rounding experience of what I believe, what I believe the business should be is doing at the moment. And, and that story about uh, a board you wish you hadn't joined? I, uh, I was asked to join a public company um, and I did my homework a bit, and I, but I was told that the CEO was a very difficult guy, and he wasn't a guy that uh, uh, was could work. It was a chairman role I was doing. Couldn't uh, you know? Um, uh, uh, normally, and the role of the chairman and the CEO should be should always work together and have a good respect for each other. Otherwise, one of them's got to go. And uh, I was told he's a very difficult guy, but I and I normally deal with a lot of difficult guys. And I thought I could deal with him. But after, I lasted 12 months, but I found at the end of the day that he thought he was running, it was his business. He, he, I was there because I had to be there. He had a lot of lackeys around him on the board as, uh, uh, as executives and non-execs, and it just didn't work out. And it's the only time in my whole business career that I found it, I had to vote with my feet and I decided to walk. Uh, I, I can imagine it could be, you know, a little bravado here and thinking I, I can I can make him change I can make him do yeah 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 I've never had problems before with difficult guys and always got together and we worked together but this one is the most impossible guy I've ever met yeah yeah we've met one or two John haven't we on our little journey together <laughs> sure <laughs> have <laughs> so how do you best John um I think this is a really really important question and it follows nicely, I think, from the, the conversation we just had. But how do you ensure that you have a great relationship with the chief executive and chairman? You might, you might be the chairman as an independent director, but without being complicit in their views of the world, how do you ensure you stay independent? Because it would be easy sometimes just to want to be liked, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think you're right, Chris. It is easy to want to be liked. And I think that's a really that's a great point to start with because you need to emphasize that you're there to help, but you're not there to be the chief executive's or the chairman's best friend. You are there to, to help them uh, with being constructive, with challenging, with maybe asking the questions that other people haven't asked. And I think if you wind it back to the, to, to the very start, the first time you're introduced, it's important to get off to a really good and positive start and to, uh, to say, you know, we're, we're not all here to be best friends. I'm here to help. And these are some of the things that I've done in the past and make sure that you spend the initial period with them doing more listening than you do talking so that you're asking questions and you're getting to understand the business, make sure that you understand the background and the purpose and the values where the business came from, where it wants to, uh, to be going, how the staff feel about working there. So there's lots of, of homework. Uh, Frank alluded to the fact that this isn't a job for retirement necessarily. It's, if you're going to be, uh, an independent director, you have to have total commitment to that organisation, and you know, feel the pain that the uh, that the executives feel. Make sure that you're there to uh, to, to listen uh, and to constructively challenge. And I think get, getting off to a good start in the relationship is is important, and uh, it, it's a function of making sure that you uh, you you spend a lot of time listening to what's going on in the boardroom and and uh, asking the right questions at the right time. I think that's a really good point, Matt. Um, in, the, in the interview I did with Mark Given that we've just put the transcription on the chriscooper.co.uk site, 
uh, we talked a lot about when you first meet people to build trust, actually uh, almost having you know, 90% listening and 10% talking initially. And I think I'm, I'm getting that from you. It's important for a start to build that relationship with somebody. People love to talk uh, and also to find out before maybe you start to, to uh, add lots of value because you won't have um, sought to understand first before being understood. I think that, I think that's dead right. I think the eighty twenty rule applies. So we're going to go to commercial break now, and after the break, we'll talk a little bit about uh, about, about some risk uh, and compliance versus, for example, people and and culture, and how if you're wanting to be an independent director, how on earth do you go about finding these roles? So I'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with uh, Frank Lewis and John Jennings, and we're talking about being a great independent director. And if you've got any questions or comments about the show, please feel free to drop me an email at chris at chriscooper.co.uk if there are any topics or subjects that you'd love me to cover. And you can obviously check in the archive, but do um, drop me a note. I always love to hear from people. And um, we're here to help you to elevate your thinking, help you elevate your business. So we're going to talk um, obviously about uh, now about risk and compliance. So, you know, how much of the role, Frank, is about risk, handling risk and, and, and being compliant to legislation, for example, versus, for example, people and culture? Oh, this is a very interesting question and very deep. Um, everything's important. And uh, unless you have, uh, I'll start off with, uh, with uh, people. People if you, if you haven't got the right people in your business, which is your major asset, you're going to have a major problem. So you obviously need to have the right people. And the two, of the, uh, besides the board as, as a group, the most important people uh, would be the CEO and the chairman. And, uh, and fundamentally, as I think also John mentioned earlier, 
unless there's particular there's an open and transparent relationship between the CEO and the chairman, uh, the business will not will suffer, and one of them's got to go, and uh, uh, you've got to have experience in that as well. So um, the other critical area with people is to ensure that there's mutual respect and trust between the CEO and, 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 and the board, but just more, also more important that there's this uh, trust and, um, and respect and between the CEO and his management team because that's, who, that's, that's the makes the company run is the management team under the control of the, uh, of, of, of the CEO. So from a people perspective, those are the major critical issues uh, obviously, you try and keep your as because uh, your loyal people at all levels um, happy and uh, contented, and that then we come on to the by that we, we come on the content of culture, because the culture of the, if they have a good culture within the business and it's uh, been built up over years, you'll have a, a sort of a contented staff, and it's been acknowledged that culture helps increase profitability. Uh, in a business in the long term. And um, <clears throat> culture, therefore, is more about people than rules. And uh, and culture is created uh, by what you do rather than what you say. So culture is vitally important uh, in, in, in the business. And uh, that has, as I said, between the chairman and the CEO, it's their roles, and mainly the CEO, to permeate this culture through the business and to its stakeholders. With regard to uh, compliance, compliance is what we alluded to earlier in terms of ensuring that the company is complying with corporate governance, complying with the Companies Act, complying with the financial rules. And for that reason, we have uh, in the business uh, as required audit committees, remuneration committees, um, um, and um, uh, that type of mainly those two committees uh, in order to uh, uh, ensure that the company is complying uh, with the rules as laid down um, and, and, uh, and keeping them out of trouble and uh, the audit committee obviously his role is to ensure that the financial statements and internal control procedures are being done correctly and presented correctly for the auditors to audit. And the REMCO is ensure that the remuneration policies as laid down by the company uh, is, um, is competitive and meets the, the criteria and the, that it's uh, doing and that the people are being uh, correctly uh, remunerated and treated and that the company is, uh, is, is, is not losing any major staff uh, that is needed to, to ensure the business is well run. Uh, with regard to risk, which is a very important issue today and one of the most important issues, it's normally risk is normally controlled uh, by a risk, a, a risk committee. It normally was normally part of the audit committee, and they and the head of the, the, the head of the audit committee ensured that the right people was uh, involved in in reviewing the risks. Now. What's happening today, because of what's going on, most businesses have a separate risk committee, which reports to the to the audit committee or straight to the board, and uh, the, the risk committee is there to ensure that the company's uh, reviews this company's financial risk, uh, corporate risk, uh, looks at the uh, business risk, and very importantly, the company's. Uh, tech risk and cyber risk, and that's becoming a major issue today. As we read in the newspapers now and again, companies uh, have made breakers into their tech, it, it, into their business, and uh, and you can lose your finances in five minutes. And more important, also your reputation has been read about. If you read the paper now and again, that comes up in newspapers. So uh, also the risk that the 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 technical, the, the people, the, the technical risk, you need certain specialized people who have that knowledge. Uh, and there's mainly the young people today who have that special knowledge and they are incorporated in the uh, 
risk committee, especially to look after the tech side, the technical risk side of the business, and report to the audit committee or to the or to the board to uh, on a regular basis, and it's reviewed on a regular basis to safeguard the company's total assets. Excellent. Well, I think um, you know, fascinating to listen to that, and you know, our, our role at you know, Christie for Business Elevation, and John and I, what we tend to do, we, we sometimes we sat on boards. Uh, and we support them. What we generally do, that bit about people and culture, is usually there's a realization at a board level that something's got to change. There's dysfunction in that team, in other teams. There are maybe leadership skills that need, need to be upgraded. Um, engagement in the business is not where it should be. And therefore, yeah. they then bring us in to and become the catalyst to make that happen and, and to deliver that with, uh, with their staff. Absolutely. So we've just got a... Uh, we've got a few minutes left until um, we're at the end of the interview now, probably about five minutes, so I need to kind of wrap up. But um, I'm interested uh, to just find out, how, how do you go about finding independent director roles, Frank? I get my independent roles I've done uh, mainly from my personal recommendation by the people know me or what I've done or or or, or, or have read about me. And uh, it's mainly from lawyers, accountants, um lawyers, accountants, and uh, business people, uh, and other professionals, and sometimes stockbrokers who know who, go, who know. Because my other claim to fame was that I was the only businessman ever to be elected to sit on the AIM Advisory Council, which I sat for three years. And uh, I've got a I've got a lot of experience of running business because I've taken business from two of my own from zero to listing, and the other and also. That uh, I'm a, I know the, the the fundamentally I know the rules of the stock market and also know about corporate governance and I also regard myself as entrepreneurial. So I bring all those features together to uh, get me roles, and uh, that's what I've been doing. A lot of people get roles. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of headhunters who approach uh, people for, for for roles. I've been approached for one or two, but uh, 98% of my roles have come by personal recommendation. Absolutely, I think you know. From- I'm talking with you, Frank, and uh, over the last few weeks, we've we've spoken a number of times, and I know you're working with with clients in different different parts of the world. As well. Oh yes, you've been doing this for a lot of years, haven't you? And I've been uh, I've been chairman of companies in China, Africa. I'm currently involved in a large uh, uh, um, real estate company in Ukraine, 200 million with assets. Uh, I've been around, got the scars and the t-shirt, as they say. <laughs> There's nothing like engaging with people with with real wisdom here, and I think you, you know, that wisdom uh, often comes through um, many years in the trenches. Yes. So I think it's good to look at what, what I think you bring, Frank, and and John and I now, um, with our years of experience, as we've, we've experienced a lot and seen a lot of different scenarios and situations, and not a lot of surprises anymore. But we that enables us to quickly help come up with solutions and. Uh, and make make things make things happen. Yeah. Um, Crisis so, management's a big issue also today. Oh, isn't it? Yeah, um, absolutely. So we've got we've got uh, about only about a minute to talk about that. If you wanted to talk about it, we have to be fast. <laughs> <coughs> well. As far as I'm concerned, crisis management revolves a few issues in these times now, especially with the COVID problem. It's come to the fore, and boards today need to be collaborative, proactive, uh, and to show leadership. In order to event become in order to avoid becoming dysfunctional, but in terms of the board's role, they have to look at four different five different issues to take the business forward. The first is to ensure that there's continuity and they have sufficient facilities and assets and employees to do so. The secondly, they have to look at the aftermath to ensure that uh, the company can go forward and have the right uh, assets etc to take it forward. And thirdly, they have to look at their resources and the resources that was there to grow the business and take it forward and make investments might now have to be used to keep the business going and also to reduce, uh, look after staff or, or unfortunately sometimes they have to reduce staff. And uh, the, yeah, fourth, the other issue is they have to then review the, the, the relationship if it's a, a public company with their stakeholders and also employees to see whether they need to cut dividends or keep the dividends or r- even remove more employees in order to ensure that the business can continue. And boards of directors in, uh, have to, very importantly, have to ensure the business is not trading under insolvent conditions. And uh, directors can be held personally liable 
if a company is trading under insolvent conditions uh, and it goes bust. Um, the, the British government has made a, came out with a new rules uh, a few weeks ago stating that a company can continue trading for a while, I'm not sure of the, of the period, uh, uh, while insolvent conditions and the directors won't be held liable to give them a chance to perhaps sell the business or to f raise funds. And right. finally, the last issue where non-exec directors also play a major role is looking at the business, uh, helping the board in these stressful times and help them and challenging them with their decisions they have to make, as with the, uh, which I've alluded to in the other few points, and also perhaps help the executives who are severely stressed uh, personally uh, to, to, uh, with their stress issues or to change them. Uh, well, we've got to stop you there. We'll come to the end of the show. Okay. Um, do you have a final message? That, that's really helpful. Do you have a final message, John, that you'd like to leave us with? Well, first of all, Chris, thanks very much for uh, it's been a privilege to listen to, to Frank's pearls and gems of wisdom. And I think uh, all I would say is anybody who wants to get involved as being an independent director, no two days are the same. It's a fascinating area and you never stop learning. Excellent. Frank, 30 seconds. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, John, uh, thank you for your input as well. I think we, 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 we explain a lot of issues to, to people and uh, I welcome your, your, your input as well. And, uh, I would, and thank you everybody for, for listening. Excellent. Thank you very much. That was really informative, guys. Really helpful. Lots of wisdom here in this. Um, <coughs> and I think we've, we've hopefully helped people. If you've got any questions, comments, do come um, to me, chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Love to hear from you. If you want to contact Frank Lewis, you're looking for a new independent chairman or independent director, uh, and you think Frank could help, franklewis.co.uk. Or for John, uh, come to john at chriscooper.co.uk. For myself, chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Always love to hear from you. On next week's show, we've got Robbie Kalman Baxter. Robbie is the world's uh, number one expert when it comes to membership schemes and developing forever relationships with clients. She speaks all over the world, she's written, um, written two great books on this, um, based in um, Palo Alto area. And it stands at Stanford University in California. Harvard graduate, um, incredible experience. And I pre-recorded this last week with her because I'm on holiday next week and uh, it was absolutely brilliant. So I would recommend, do listen to that. Once again, huge thank you to Frank Lewis, to John Jennings, it's been absolutely brilliant today. And uh, say, just get in touch if we can, we can help you in any way. Chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Take care. Good. Thank you, everybody. We thank you for listening to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.